0: Big names in there like Joe Piscopo, you know, probably a good million went to him. Was he big? (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) Greetings, listeners. Welcome to Slasher, I Hardly Know Her. I am your host, Micah. Today we will be joined by Alex... Dr. Alex, our very special guest. Just a little bit later on the show, we're going to be reviewing 1988's film, Dead Heat. Uh, We'll get into some reviews, talk about the crunchiest kills in this movie. We'll also talk about what else we're into and play that game show that is sweeping, nay, mopping the nation and the world, Final Girl. Before we jump into Dead Heat, let me introduce today's very special guest. Uh, He's a good friend of mine. He is a horror movie fanatic. Nice guy, handsome guy, uh, one of my best friends. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Dr. Alex.
0: Oh, wow. Thank you so much for that introduction. That was your most subdued introduction, I think, to date. You seemed very... You know, I've
1: been listening to a little NPR, and I think it rubbed off on me.
0: Oh, you should get that looked at by a doctor. Not... (laughs) NPR? (laughs) Not,
1: Not Dr. Alex, but... Uh Yeah, uh, thank you. You know how we like to remain anonymous and we don't use our last names for the show? Uh-huh. I think we should just, because the show is called Slasher, I Hardly Know Her, just say that our last name is Slasher.
0: And we're brothers, so like yeah. Micah Slasher, Slasher and Alex Slasher?
1: The Slasher brothers.
0: How about if one of our names is Slasher and the other's last name is I Hardly Know Her?
1: That's not as... Uh, as ear-friendly, doesn't quite roll off the tongue like the Slasher Brothers.
0: See, that's true, but seems kind of racist of you to say my last name is not ear-friendly.
1: <laughs> I don't have anything funny to say about that. I was just trying to <laughs> just trying to react, just trying to react quickly so there's no dead air. So sometimes when you say something and it doesn't inspire me to say something, I'm just like ah, like Paul Schaefer. Ah.
0: Well, one, now I know, and two, I cut out a ton of dead air after I say something and you don't react when I edit these.
1: I'm a listener. I'm a good listener. So when you say something, I like to take some time, sit with what you said, let it Mm marinate so that my response is not flippant, so that it is meaningful and genuine.
0: I see. Well, I will also say, though, I gladly accept a flippant response if it is uh, quickly forthcoming.
1: All right, all right. I'll try to be fast. If nothing else, I'll just make a noise. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I actually like that
0: reaction too. I think I made that noise uh, eleven, twelve times watching Dead Heat.
1: Uh, yes. Let's jump into 1988's Dead Heat. But before we do that, and since you're our special guest, how the hell you been?
0: Uh, you know, I can't complain. There's nothing to complain about. Uh, the weather's turning nice, and I, you know, I go through phases of horror. I love watching horror in the summer because, you know, I love like campy, you know, summer horror flicks like Friday the 13th. I love watching horror in the fall because of, you know, Halloween and all that. And there's like this downtime in the winter where, you know, Christmas comes around and I don't feel a lot like watching horror and, you know, it takes a few months to get back in. And then I would say like nine months out of the year, I'm really, really into horror. And then, you know, those other three, eh, you know, take it or leave it. Mostly I'm trying to watch Christmas movies and be happy and blah, blah, blah. And it's really come back around. Like, I've been watching so much horror lately. It is, I don't know, it's very fulfilling. It, like, it makes me happy, which isn't that weird that something that is so dark and, you know, this you know, like, just seedy is something that makes so many people happy.
1: I mean, oh, there are some horror movies like... Your hereditaries, uh, your kill list that I'm just like, why did I watch that? That ruined my life. Uh, (laughs) Those kind of horror movies, I I don't want to see those. Those don't cheer me up. Whoever's out there is like, oh, you guys want to sit around, like watch a fun, scary movie and puts on hereditary uh, or one of those really disturbing movies. I don't get that. But watching stuff like we've watched lately, The Stuff, Death Spa, some of the Friday, the 13 movies, those are fucking fun, man.
0: Yeah, I agree. My kid, though, I gotta say about Hereditary, my kid told me, you gotta watch Hereditary, I think you'll like it, and I was like, no, I won't, it's not up my alley, and and uh, we watched it together, and I really actually dug that movie. It's, yes, it's not a feel-good, you know, hey guys, let's pop on a horror movie, and you pop in Hereditary, you know, probably everybody leaves your house, but it's a it's a good movie, it's just not a good-feeling movie by any means.
1: No, 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 no. Not a good feeling. I'm not saying it's not well done. It's very effective in that it makes you feel terrible. Yeah. uh, Which I think was the intention. Let's just horrify and disturb people.
0: Dead, (laughs) Dead Heat certainly was a feel good movie. My question is, was it even horror?
1: Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think there are arguments to be made on either side. Arguments uh, against it being horror. It's, it's like a buddy cop action yeah. sci-fi comedy. Uh, but then we have zombies.
0: We do have That's an argument. reanimated humans. Uh, reanimated humans. Are...
1: There is some gore. <laughs> yeah, there's a
0: little there's bit of gore. There's some face melting. <laughs> and, and there is an inordinate amount of Uzis. Every bad There's guy, so, so every many bad guy had an Uzi. That was the gun they handed you when you were like, hey, you know what? I'll be a bad guy. They were like, well, get your Uzi. It, this was the most Uzis I've ever seen in a movie. And that was a thing in the 80s. You saw a lot of Uzis in, in action movies. But this one, hands and <laughs> did you see? I don't remember which guys it was. It was two bad guys who had an Uzi, and they were zombies, I think and at some point like they get done shooting and they both put their uzis in the front of their pants like their little pistols. Uh-huh, it's like uh-huh. nobody nobody ever held an uzi like that. Nobody stored their uzi in the front of their pants. Uh it was good. I think they this movie could have been 15 minutes uh in in total length tracking down who the bad guys were by just making a an inquiry as to who in LA had you know made a huge purchase of uzis recently. They would have found these guys.
1: So, And this movie came out in 1988, as we said already. It was directed by Mark Goldblatt. It stars Joe Piscopo, Treat Williams, uh, Darren McGavin's in there. Oh, and Vincent Price. That's a nice surprise when he shows up. Detective Roger Mortis
2: has a problem. He's dead.
1: But Detective Bigelow is bringing him back alive.
0: Big names in there, like Joe Piscopo, the, you know, probably a good million went to him.
1: Was he big? You know, okay, <laughs> no. right, you bring up something. <laughs> no, he wasn't. You, you made me think of something uh, What I, when I, I, that I often think about when we watch these movies, which is, who, who were these people at the time? Like, if I cl- put on a movie today, a modern movie, and it's, uh, let's say, Pete Davidson's in it, I'm like, oh, it's the guy from SNL, he's young, he's funny, we know about him, or if The Rock shows up, I'm like, oh, it's this guy. He's got this reputation as being, like, the tough guy, the strong guy, the good guy, the hero. Uh, I always wonder, what was the reputation in the public eye of these people in these movies back then? Like, who was Joe Piscopo to the world? Who was Treat Williams? Was was Treat a Bruce Willis? Was he uh, David Spade? What? How was he seen? How did the public view these two?
0: I don't know. I mean, Treat Williams, he was, you know fairly famous and Joe Piscopo I don't know how long he was on Saturday Night Live but that's what he's known for and I saw the Into the Darkness documentary where they mentioned this movie and one of the people they were interviewing said that this was the first like Joe Piscopo being all buff that you saw like I remember that as a kid that Joe Piscopo was this like buff dude and, oh
1: my God, that fucking t shirt he wears. <laughs> it's like a mock turtleneck with the world's shortest little sleeveys. <laughs> like he, he's
0: sting. And he's constantly like leaning back on stuff and obviously very hardcore, like uh, flexing his arm muscles. Oh. So oh, yeah, that you he's flexing. can see him at all moments of this movie. Joe Piscopo was flexing his I arm.
1: I noticed like an abnormal amount of tricep flexing mm-hmm. when he like sat down on a yes. desk at the uh, the police I, station. I know exactly like, what you're talking about. Easy, Joe. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing?
0: Yeah, he was his triceps were about to bust out of that sleeve. But his uh, forearms, it looked like he didn't work those out at all. So it was kind of weird. It was a weird arm shape for him to have. But he had good triceps and, you know, he was literally leaning into him.
1: Alright, so let's get into this. What what did you think? What are your initial impressions of this movie?
0: I think the concept is pretty cool, right? And I also think the zombie effects look good. And yeah. I mean I, I I mean overall it was a fun watch. It was I, I do question whether it was horror or not. I mean, yeah, there's zombies in it.
1: This one, at least if you look, if if you're trying to find it on Roku or whatever, it says horror, you know, as the genre. So somebody somewhere labeled it horror. I think we can get away with calling it horror.
0: So you want to kind of walk us through what this movie is about?
1: I'm staring at the blurb right now. Let's I'll read it to you. let it. Okay. Let me try to do my movie guy voice, the golden voice. In a world. that's the one this summer when a dutiful cop los angeles police officer named roger mortis tries to apprehend robbers that happen to be zombies he ends up as one of the undead himself since mortis has managed to stay in his right mind i can't keep it i can't keep it going i can't do that to the listeners Uh, since mortis is really invested man i was were you really, really yeah i was in Maybe we should go harder than just the movie <clears throat> voice. Let's go full Batman. Okay. Since Mortis has managed to stay in his right mind. <laughs> All right, so Mortis has managed to stay in his right mind. He aids his loudmouthed partner, Doug Bigelow, played by Joe Piscopo, in getting to the bottom of the macabre crime ring. Eventually, the cops track down the villains, including Arthur P. Loudermilk, and try to end their supernatural thievery.
0: Were you surprised at how okay with being a zombie that Treat Williams was? You know, he gets, so there's a, they're trying to investigate this like jewelry store robbery right off the top that some zombies do. And they're these guys, they don't realize they're zombies. They're just, they shoot them a million times and they won't die. And so they're investigating this and they go to this lab where this is all happening. And Joe Piscopo gets in a fight with this, reanimated, three-faced... I, I don't even understand that. Why did he have three faces? But it, this like three-faced beast, and in trying to help him treat Williams, gets locked into this room where they kill you know, puppies.
1: <laughs> that beast reminded me of something you would have seen in Big Trouble in Little China, or uh, like Escape from New York. Yeah,
0: I mean, it was... Uh, it, But it, it was in... Inexplicable. I mean, all they're doing is bringing dead people back to life. This thing was a monster. <laughs> so, like, I didn't understand that. It looked good. I mean, it was scary and it, and it looked good, but. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it meant exactly. But anyway. You know, tr- the
1: damn thing about this movie is everybody, you know, it's zombies fighting zombies. So nobody gets killed. It's just like they just fucking shoot each other with Uzis for yes. a very long time. But all they do is shake when they're getting shot and then just keep shooting. I'm like, my God, somebody kills somebody.
0: Yeah. Nobody could die because they were already dead. But also bullets had very little effect on them at all. But uh, and that's kind of how Treat Williams is for the rest of the movie. I mean, he just like walks through like he's the Terminator in all situations. Uh, It was uh, so like what I didn't understand. I mean, there was a lot about this movie that I did not understand. But I mean, like there was no sad element to this. Treat Williams gets killed in that fight. He gets suffocated. And then they bring him back immediately. Like, the his buddy cop is like, hey, this machine reanimates people. Let's reanimate Treat Williams. So they do, and they're like, hey, what do you remember? And he remembers everything up to dying. And then he's like, and now here you are. And they're like, yeah, but you don't have a heartbeat, and you're going to die in 12 hours. he's like, all right, we better go solve this crime then. <laughs> <laughs> like He was just
1: completely okay with it. He does have a moment where it starts to affect him, and Piscopo finds him, like, posted up, leaning against the wall, you know, yeah, about, true. I'm gonna die in 12 hours. And but they just all you have to do is drop a quick one liner, and then Treat's back and ready to ready go. He's the go. bad guys. I kind
0: of felt like he was having the moment because he was losing hair. Like he was, ups- yeah, he was yeah. upset that he was losing his hair. He was gonna die a bald guy.
1: Yeah. And well, like, wouldn't be upset. That's hard to go through as a man. Well, Treat Williams
0: has an amazing head of hair, so I mean, I get it. I mean that 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 would be a, a moment to have some remorse, but. It does not last long, and he goes right back into kicking ass.
1: All right, so I got a question right. about that scene you all were right. talking about, where okay, Treat is in the uh, the decompression tank, uh, so he's going to suffocate because they suck all the air out of the room. Right, the Joe pu- Piscopo is literally just the in
0: puppy f- killing room.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. It's for killing puppies, uh, suffocating them. What a way to go. Yeah. Um, anyway, the uh, Joe Piscopo has just finished beating a man repeatedly with a fire extinguisher that Uh big three-eyed monster you're talking about but when his buddy is stuck in the decompression room all he uses is his elbow yeah he had a gun not even that he had a fire extinguisher he had a
0: guy over at my house watching it with me last night and he was like shoot it shoot the glass shoot the glass but uh that wasn't that I, i kept thinking did he like run out of bullets or whatever but whatever the case i also think that Probably the decompression room. it just had these vents in it that sucked the air out. I kind of feel like Treat didn't even like try that hard to get out of the room. Like I'd be ripping out the vents and you know, probably anything. yeah, yeah. anything, right? But he just kind of he just kind of accepts it. It's like, well, I'm dying now. This was a good pick, dude. I mean, this was a good pick. It was it's- there were surprises around every corner somehow in the most predictable movie i've ever seen
1: but before we go to the break and hear from our very real not made up sponsors uh we're gonna play a little game called final girl
0: oh my god is it final girl time already
1: it's final girl time bruh here's how it works we have an instagram account periodically we will post something that says if you were in a slasher If you were a character in a horror movie, what would your character's name be? So people make up names. They submit their names. Uh, Some of them are silly. Some of them are beautiful. Some of them are wicked creative. Uh, We don't care. Just submit a name, whatever you want to submit. And we draw five names from that Instagram post. And five players go head-to-head in the final girl challenge where we spin the wheel of death. Right, right. We pull out a name. And, uh... The will of fate decides what happens to you. We gotta warn you though. If you if you drink, if you have sex, if you take drugs, if you wander off or do anything stupid that you shouldn't do in a slasher, you're probably gonna die.
0: These are and, all bad uh, things.
1: Yeah, don't do that. Don't don't have sex. For the love of God, people, don't have sex. There are uh, four rounds. Five players before we go to each commercial break we will play around a final girl and someone at the end will be the one sole survivor yes that was redundant i apologize and they will win the mystery prize let us meet this week's contestants all right miss willow Widowmaker. Ooh, welcome to the show
0: that's a good one welcome willow
1: brendan mcwhooping pussy the third okay <laughs> Very good. Welcome to the show, Brendan. How clever. Miss Hayden Carpenter. Welcome. All right. Serena Luna. That's a good one. Nice to have you on the show.
0: We've had a few uh, Lunas, I believe.
1: And finally,
0: Poppy Creed. Welcome, Poppy. Hello, Poppy. Poppy is probably one of my favorite names out of those, so I assume Poppy will go pretty quickly.
1: So you think if you like a name, that the odds are she's going to die because the will of death hates you, or that is you
0: know, absolutely my theory.
1: Lady Luck will not smile upon Alex. Correct. And you know what? Some would say it's luck. Others might say it's karma, Alex, for the unsavory lifestyle you lead.
0: Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm not going to argue with either of those things. I'm, I have left, uh, I have led a very unsavory life, and uh, I also, you know, have bad luck. So I mean, really, it's anybody's. It's anybody's guess.
1: All right, let's see who's up first. We're gonna spin that wheel. <laughs>
0: Are you spinning the wheel in gravel now? I mean, what was the brake there?
1: Oh, I, I've actually added some some hydraulics. It's run on uh, air and steam mm. and some other things now. So it's kind of like when a when a eighteen uh, wheeler or a bus stops, you have got that.
0: Ow. It's like Dr. Frankenstein's lab up in your living room.
1: Okay, first up, Mrs. I'm sorry, Miss Brendan McWhoopin Pussy the <laughs> Third.
0: Did it specify Miss?
1: Well, I call them all Miss because they're final girls. They can uh, be married. Are, can they? Yeah. I think if you're married, you've probably had sex, which means, you know...
0: Uh,
3: yeah, I
1: don't think it'd be killed,
0: right? I don't think it's the sex that gets you killed. I think it's the unsavory you know, nature of having sex before marriage.
1: So you think if it's within wedlock that the killer's going to be like, "Okay, they're married."
0: Well, I guess it depends on the killer, but I think Jason Jason would probably look at that and be like, "Oh, what a what a sweet relationship these two have." And then go What if they're only engaged? Oh, then you would end up dead. Then you would end up dead.
1: Okay, back to Final Girl. Brendan McWhooping Pussy the Third. Brendan, oh my me, we are in quite a pickle, hunted by a madman with a sickle. Let's split up and run, yells Chad in a fright. You scream, no way, Chad, that wouldn't be right. We must stick together on this dark night. You survived. I just kept...
0: Trying to figure out that whole rhyme, I was just trying to figure out how you were going to rhyme dickle with uh, sickle, but you didn't, and, and it came Wait, out okay. Dickle? I don't
1: remember saying dickle.
0: You didn't. I assumed we were getting to dickle, <laughs> I thought that was going to happen.
1: I, sh- uh, I love that, and I regret not putting that. So it would have been like, oh my, we're in quite a pickle, said Chad as he pulled out his dickle.
0: Right. Something like that. Something along those lines. So you read The Survivor first? Oh, well, yeah. That's a new one, isn't it? Don't you usually read all the deaths and then. No. No. Never, <laughs> 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 never mind. We're 19 episodes into the show. I still don't. I am so confused uh, by this game, like every episode. And the people at home don't know. Noted, uh, I cut out great. most of that. I cut out most of my confusion over the game that is on the show I host.
1: Uh, Doctor Alex is able to write his own prescriptions. He, he may have written a prescription or two for himself today. Uh, just uh, cut him some slack if he doesn't quite keep up. It's I, those muscle relaxers. I
0: literally am on muscle relaxers today, so you know, we'll, we'll give me a little bit of slack.
1: Okay, not just for fun. He's in pain.
0: I'm yeah. Okay. Throughout my back.
1: So that's another question. To killers. Cut you some slack if the reason you're taking drugs is for pain.
0: We've actually talked about this before, and I think we came to the conclusion no. And somehow we worked in the uh, the guy who gets like chopped in the head with a machete, that's in a wheelchair, and then goes all the way down the stairs in the dock in the Friday oh, yeah. the Thirteenth movie. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, that's the third one, right?
0: I believe that is the third one. Yeah.
1: That's a good death. I like that one. That's a good death. Miss Hayden Carpenter. Someone left the window open up in my bedroom. I know it wasn't me. I smell the scent of doom. I'll admit I'm curious. I want to check it out. Instead, I play it safe and take another route. You survive. All
0: right. Nice. You survive like the person who's red second always does. I know this game. I'm familiar.
1: Welcome to the show, Alex. <laughs> Thanks. It's nice to have you it's here. It's
0: good to be here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Miss Willow Widowmaker. Points for a cool name, BT Dibs. And apologies for saying BT (laughs) Dibs. Thank you for that. All right, Willow. There's a party at the crater from the meteorite. It's going to be a rager that lasts all night. I'd love to go and party, but there's going to be drugs. So I stay home with mom and dad and get high on hugs.
0: (laughs) that's the best way to survive right there. You picked a good way to, to make it through. Nice one.
1: Okay, up next, Poppy Creed. Hey, all right. Alex. Hey, getting through in round two. Okay, Poppy. A wop baba a a lop <laughs> bam boom I hear a ruckus coming from the bedroom. I grab a bat and inch towards the bedroom door, but then I change my mind. That's what cops are for. You survived. I uh, like it. Mm. Uh,
0: so, who's getting the axe or whatever?
1: Let's see here, Serena Luna. Oh, uh, it's a beautiful name.
0: it is a pretty name. It'll, Listen, look, Serena, it'll look good no on her headstone. Next,
1: <laughs> it's gonna look great. Uh, whatever happens next, we want you to come back. Absolutely. Keep giving us beautiful names. Please do. And uh, we're in this with you. Okay, here we go. Miss Serena Luna.
0: Fingers crossed.
1: Chester and Molly read that threesomes are rad.
0: Oh no, this is looking bad.
1: Chester even heard that they're fun from his dad. <laughs> Gross. I'll admit I was nervous when I took off my bra and jumped into bed for my first menage a trois. We had more fun than a barrel of monkeys. We laid in bed and smoked weed that was skunky. And as we were bathing in the afterglow, A killer crushed my smiling face with a single blow. Oh, Serena, you are dead.
2: Man,
0: sorry to see it go, Serena, but you know, I mean, if sex is gonna get you killed, a threesome's gonna get you killed that much faster.
1: Yep, yep, didn't (sighs) take long. But hey, she died happy. She had a good time. Died. Probably died a little too young. She died (laughs) doing what she loved.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You're loving what she did. We certainly enjoyed it. And now we know that there are four more people making it on to the next round.
1: We'll find out what happens after the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to
2: KILL 101.3, Slasherville Radio, and I'm
1: Marty, the mouth from down south. That was Alex and Micah, the Slasher Brothers. Let's check in with Gail Storm for the weather. Gail, what's going on out there?
3: Well, it's a dark and stormy night.
1: Isn't it always? Thanks, Gail. Another dark and stormy night in Slasherville. Now let's check in with Chuck Balls for the traffic report. Chuck? There's
2: a traffic jam near the corner of Elm Street and Martin Luther King. Reports indicate that the owners of two competing mask shops are fighting in the street. Hang on, Mike, we're getting an update. Apparently, the owner of Killer's Mask Depot is using a machete to chop off the leg of the owner of Mask Warehouse. I'm getting another update. Hang on. Now we're being told that the owner of Mass Warehouse just shot the owner of Mass Depot in the eye with a crossbow. What's that? werewolves? Well, apparently both shop owners are now being devoured by a gang of werewolves. It's a real mess out here downtown, so if you're headed this way, take Fleet Street and you might be able to avoid the traffic. Alright, thank you Chuck for that update. I'm Mike the Mouth from down
1: South and you're listening to KILL 101.3. Now back to Slasher, I Hardly Know Her. (laughs) All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. Also want to spend a special shout out to our listeners outside the U.S. Well, we've got listeners in the U.K., uh, over in France. Where else, Alex? You were just reading me that list. I think it's kick-ass that we've got people all over the world it's, listening to this show. It is
0: definitely a really kick-ass list. Here, I'll give it to you right now. The UK, Canada, Germany, Australia, Ireland, Argentina, the Netherlands, Philippines, Brazil, France, Sweden, Greece, Guatemala, India, Albania, Poland, and South Korea.
1: From Slasher Studios into your ears, thank you for tuning in, everybody. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Thank you, everybody. And go ahead and
0: smash that like button and subscribe. That's my mic Smash it. Smash
2: Smash that like button. Buy some merch and smash a button.
0: Yeah, and please tell your friends. That's that's. Or buy a button. Or buy a button that we don't sell because we don't make buttons.
1: We don't have buttons yet. We should. We should. Uh, we should make buttons so people can smash them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A a a slasher smash button. A smasher. A slasher
1: smasher. smasher. Uh, a slasher smasher. We
0: are absolutely coming up with the winningest ideas right now. Live.
1: Wow! This show has Together. derailed uh, once Ooh. again. Just want to remind everybody, Alex has had muscle relaxers <laughs> for this episode, so <laughs> he's a little sillier than normal. I don't think that's true. I heard my. He back. was talking to me. You you were talking to me about how you you know it doesn't really affect you. And then yeah. uh, before, during the break, uh, Alex was doing so. I'm not even sure why it was happening. It was just like.
3: Oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: changing the batteries yeah. in the recorder. <laughs> Because that's what people do good when they're changing batteries. <laughs> All right. Uh. So we are talking about 1988's Dead Heat. It is a buddy cop zombie comedy horror movie uh, with Joe Piscopo, Treat Williams, Vincent Price, and uh, that guy, I recognize him from so many old black and white movies, Darren McGavin. Uh, he plays the doc
0: come on dude Dr. Ernest McNabb not only does he like he's evil he's got I think at one point he's carrying an Uzi he's the master mastermind behind this whole you know zombie thing and he's also the dad from A Christmas Story. Come
1: on. Oh, oh, that's where I know his face from. I'm embarrassed.
0: Yeah, last night I was watching it with my wife and friend. They were like, who is that guy? And I was like, do you want a hint? And they were like, no, don't give me a hint yet. And they just sat there agonizing over who it was. I was like, you definitely know this guy. You absolutely know this guy. And uh, finally, the hint that got it was, uh, I said that it wasn't for this movie. But he was once the recipient of a major award, and they were uh, yep, <laughs> and they yep. both were like, "Oh yeah!" So he's great. He was great in there.
1: The leg lamp. Uh, yeah, this movie stars Joe Piscopo, who I think was made famous by Saturday Night Live. Uh, Treat Williams is uh, the the original zombie cop in this one. He plays Roger Mortis, and he was in a ton of stuff: uh, movies, yeah. TV, plays. Yeah, he's famous. Uh, he's also a pilot.
0: Oh, he kind of looks he like a pilot. He has pilot's license. Yeah, okay. Uh, the blonde in this, the—I mean, I guess you could say romantic lead. I mean, I don't know that there is any romance in this movie at all. But Claire I Claire Kirkconnell, who played Rebecca Smithers,
1: the coroner.
0: No, no. Or are we talking guess, about the other one? Actually, from, I guess uh,
1: Dante I, Pharmaceuticals, or whatever. Yeah, the, the blonde called. from the pharmaceutical. Yeah. Place. Lindsay Frost.
0: Yeah, she—I kept recognizing her. I couldn't place her. And I looked Same. her up on IMDb, and I couldn't, like, nothing, like, shot out at me. And then I listened to her talk, and uh, it hit me. She was the lawyer that Frasier falls in love with, and she has a two-episode arc. And uh, that's her. She's uh, Was that on Frasier or Cheers? It was on Frasier.
1: Okay. okay. Yeah.
0: And I used to watch a ton of Frasier and love that show, and so I've seen her a million times just in those two episodes. So that's why it was like, man, I know her from something. I mean, she's like in a lot of stuff, but it, she was just in a lot of stuff in my mind. I mean, she's in a lot of stuff, but nothing that like I would have watched except Frazier. But she was beautiful. She did a good job. Uh she uh she was not the romantic lead, which I liked. She was just trying to help them get to the bottom of the crime <laughs> until she very rapidly deteriorates into nothingness oh,
1: yes yes <laughs> apparently so
0: <laughs> uh, do you want to explain the lore there because apparently you can be reanimated at have 12, 12 hours to live but somehow yeah. you can continue to be reanimated you can get you know i guess a booster shot kind of thing and stay a- a- alive longer and she also is undead uh, because she's upset about something She's in the bathroom Treat Williams comes in He's like yeah you know What's the problem <laughs> and She literally just slowly starts to Rapidly actually Melt and fall apart oh, I'm sorry Roger Please
2: forgive me
1: and- That look good too man yeah, it looked great. I don't know what that melting process is. Came that out they used of a lot in the 80s where like there's smoke or steam coming off the face and it just you just watch it fall apart. Uh, I would love to hear the the makeup or special effects artists talk about how they pulled that off. I've seen it done in other movies and it always looks good and you cannot make anything look that cool with CGI.
0: No, absolutely not. I mean, there's no way. You could I think that people now like if you were young and hadn't experienced a lot of uh practical effects in your movie going life, you're used to C G, I think when yeah. I think you would see practical effects and be like, Well, that looks terrible because it looks so real. You know what I mean? Like you expect it to look a little phony blony and too soft on the eye and stuff like CGIS. Yeah. And I, I think you could I don't know. I wonder about that sometimes because sometimes now you've
1: got me wondering, like when kids see practical effects, are they just like, this looks dated and shitty, right? And CGI looks great to them,
0: right? It doesn't look real. It just looks like what they're used to. And, and that looks good. You know, like that's what I think. Cause I still see CGI and I think, well, that movement is wrong or, you know, yep. th- things wouldn't, yep. it's just, it's kind of that uncanny Valley area to your eye and I bet, I bet there are kids who were completely raised on that. Who, when it doesn't have that uncanny thing to your eye, it looks bad.
1: Dude, I like Blade Runner, Alien, that stuff still looks cooler than any of like the big shots of CGI futuristic cities or Absolutely. whatever. Models Absolutely, kick ass. Yeah, models
0: look great. I mean, yeah, a little rough when they explode, but you know, not, <laughs> not all of them. I mean, some of them look good, but sometimes it's like, oh wow, that looks terrible. But Anyway,
1: that's what the uh, shitty Photoshop uh, green screen is for, like uh, at the mm-hmm. end of uh, of Halloween three. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, the the two important questions I wanted to ask you, which is uh, who would you rather <laughs> is this snuggle and cuddle with? Uh, okay. Lindsay Frost, the girl from the pharmaceutical company uh-huh. where they revive people uh-huh. or Claire Kirkconnell, the coroner.
0: Oh, 100% and Lindsay Frost.
1: I see. I'm going to go Claire. Really? Yeah.
0: Oh, I thought, but I mean, I have a you know predilection towards her because she was in Fraser, and I loved her in Fraser. but I love her voice. She has such a great voice.
1: I'm trying to remember what her voice sounds like. It was a little raspy, right? Yeah,
0: it's kind of, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think she's great. So I'd snuggle and cuddle with her.
1: Okay. All right. Next one. Who would win in a fight, Joe Piscopo or Treat Williams?
0: Hmm. That's a good one. I mean, Piscopo obviously got the bulk, but uh, Treat Williams, he seemed pretty crafty. Although, are we talking about the actors or the characters on this movie?
1: That's a great question. Uh, (laughs) Let's do both. Okay.
0: Characters on the movie, Piscopo wins because we saw Doug versus Roger. We saw how hard that uh, Roger Mortis fought for his own life in that suffocation chamber, which was not at all.
1: He's more worried about his hair. Right. While while
0: Piscopo's giving it to this, you know, three faced monster. So I'm going to say characters, it goes to Piscopo. Real life, I say it goes to treat because he seems crafty and well thought out, whereas Piscopo's more of a brute. That's what I think.
1: All right. All right. I'm gonna give it to Treat. Yeah, I think Treat's gonna yeah. win. I don't know why. I got a good feeling uh-huh. about Treat. I, uh-huh. th- I think he's I think he's worked with his hands. Okay. I think he doesn't just have those uh, cosmetic glamour muscles. That he's done some real work.
0: Yeah, and I mean, plus he's a pilot, so you know that he's good under pressure.
1: And you got to be kind of smart to be a pilot, right?
0: I have no idea.
1: <laughs> I gotta hope there's. I'm putting I think my so, life in their where, hands.
0: I don't know. I meet a lot of dumb people day to day where you think, "Wow, how'd you get this job?" And, uh, yeah. yeah. and then they're like, what'd you say? And that just (laughs) makes me think they're dumber. So, you know, there's something about that. When somebody can't understand what I'm saying, which is my fault, right? I'm the one mumbling and, and, you know, speaking under my breath and people will be like, what's that? I think you're an idiot.
1: So we were talking about, uh, dead heat and I don't think you're an idiot, Alex. What's that? I think you're brilliant. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs)
0: Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Uh, we said this movie came out in 1988. What, All al- right, what else happened
0: in 1988?
1: All right, let me let me get to that. Uh, okay, the Democratic Convention nominated Governor Michael Dukakis of Massachusetts for president and Texas Lloyd Benston for vice president. And the Republicans nominated George Bush. That's George Herbert Walker Bush. George H.W.? And George H.W.? And Senator Dan Quayle,
0: Ah, the vice president.
1: People just shit all over Dan Quayle, I remember that.
0: I do, he didn't know how to spell potato, wasn't that it?
1: (laughs) I I don't remember that exactly, I just remember that, yes, he was accused of being an idiot, as politicians often are, and rightly so. Yeah,
0: a lot of politicians are idiots. Uh,
1: The federal minimum wage is, do you want to take a guess? 88 I'm gonna say it is 235 you're close 335 ooh alright you got the cents right Mm -hmm. a gallon of gas was 90 cents in the Super Bowl that year Washington defeated Denver the World Series the LA Dodgers beat Oakland and NBA Championship the Lakers mopped the floor with the Detroit Pistons
0: ooh I'm currently watching winning time on HBO about the Lakers dynasty in the 80s it is good
1: I hear it's good. I haven't seen it yet. I like Adam McKay movies, and I like John C. Riley. The uh, 1988 was the first year that uh, CDs outsold vinyl records. Wow. And uh, the Oscar for Best Picture went to The Last Emperor.
0: Uh, Okay. it's good. Nope, never saw it.
1: (laughs) Nope, me neither. Uh, I remember the box, but I've never seen it. I always Uh, think
0: Empire of the Sun is what I confuse that
1: with. That's a good one. That's a young Christian Bale. Oh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? I love that movie, dude. I love that, that movie.
0: Good, it's sad. It's a good movie, though.
1: It is sad. Yeah. Uh, horror movies that came out the same year as Dead Heat. It was in some pretty good company. Let's see. These are scary movies from 88. Killer Clowns from Outer oh. Space.
0: Oh, I,
3: love I
1: it. watched that one with you God, probably over a, a decade ago.
0: I've made a lot of people watch that movie. I love that movie.
1: They Live... The Blob, Friday the 13th Part 6, The New Blood, Child's Play,
3: I am Chucky, the killer dog, and I
1: dig it, Beetlejuice, The Serpent and the Rainbow, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master, Come <gasps> this, bitch, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers,
2: Totally, <laughs>
1: and Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers,
3: Oh,
0: well, would it surprise you to know that in that list you just gave is my pick for our next movie?
1: No sh.
0: Yeah, I had no. Oh, I did not know. I did not know it was made in 1988. I've done no research at all, but yes, absolutely, it's in there.
1: Uh, okay, I have two guesses. One is Sleepaway Camp 2, because Mm -hmm. we did the first one at the beginning of the show. Uh, The other is Child's Play, because you recently watched the series, and now you want us to watch the original movie.
0: That's a possibility. Both of those seem like good choices. I I like what you're doing here.
1: All right. I'm going to guess I'm wrong on both of those because of the way you responded. Uh, Finally, 1988, in June, a woman burst into flames during Operation... Mm. Yeah. They were doing a pre-routine surgery, and uh, some solution they swabbed over the upper part of her body and face caught fire when a spark from a cauterizing device lit her into a ball of fire. Good Lord, is she a rich woman now, I hope? I think I I don't have it in front of me, but I remember reading that she had second and third degree burns. I don't know how rich she got from it.
0: That is awful. I mean... They, you know those little Parker Brother games just didn't have the safety measures back then that they do now. That would never happen today. You know, I bet they wouldn't even. I bet the the new Operation games don't even come. With- Alex,
1: it wasn't the game operation. It was a real operation. Uh, oh.
0: A real live
1: woman burst into flames.
0: Well, I, I didn't think she wasn't a live woman. I thought. I mean, she's just playing the game though. Like the electricity shocker thing got her.
1: Oh, so she was playing the game Uh Operation when she burst into flames.
0: That was, yeah, that's, is that not it?
1: Hey, I I don't know what you're talking about. Um, (laughs) I think you might be crazy. We were talking about a real surgery. However, when I play Operation, I do get really excited. Not so excited that I burst into flames, but it's a pretty good game.
0: I get pretty excited too. And that's why when I play Operation, I always do it at uh, like a bar top as opposed to a tabletop because you got to lean in there and get those pieces. And I get <laughs> so excited that the erection uh, keeps, Wait, what? That keeps me from getting close to the table. So I do it at a bar top because, you know, you can kind of get swing under there and then get that funny bone with those tweezers.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get turned on by this this uh, genitalist man. Yes, I do. I'm assuming it's a man. You can't really tell. He's got a smooth crotch like a Ken or a Barbie doll. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of of surgeries gone wrong and blood and gore and terrible things happening to nice people. yes. um, Why don't we play a round of round two of Final Girl before we go to that break? That sounds like a great idea. Let's do it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, as you may recall, in round one of Final Girl, we... <sighs> Miss Serena Luna. She came on the show uh, only to be killed in the first round. God, what a way to go. Her first threesome, yeah. and then somebody just, just smashed her face in. A, a dangerous killer who we have yet to name.
0: Did you say her first threesome and somebody smashed her face in?
1: Were you trying? <laughs> I, I briefly channeled uh, the ghost of Sean Connery. She, her face was briefly uh, smashed in with a single blow
0: yeah that's good that was really good you should do that on one of the commercials Sean Connery I mean this, <coughs> this, I, this, I
1: said the ghost of Sean Connery but I think he's still
0: alive right uh no I don't believe Sean Connery's did alive did Sean Connery die yeah I think Sean Connery's didn't dead yeah not too long ago but uh your Sean Connery uh puts my Austin Powers to shame <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that's not hard to do, Alex.
0: <laughs> it's been a really long time since I've seen uh, oh. Austin Powers, and it, uh, it <laughs> I couldn't remember what it sounds like.
1: Uh, I don't know what accent or what part of England you were going for, but it wasn't Liverpool, it, it yeah. wasn't Wales, uh, it wasn't London. I don't know where that one came from.
0: I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I got through it.
1: It- Hi, baby. <laughs> it, was, it
0: was the worst. <laughs> awesome power. I mean, even uh, even while I was doing it, I was like, this is terrible. I mean, like, I felt uh, like I should go to YouTube and look up some Austin awesome Power stuff just so I could got to get in there. Uh But but I was already recording. It was like, ah, screw it.
1: (laughs) I can't wait till we do our commercial episode where we just go through all these commercials. uh, Because it's going to be fun just just really making fun of each other for how ridiculous these are. Some of these are great. I I mean,
0: you know, I challenge you to do a better Austin Powers.
1: (laughs) I can say anything in any accent and that would be better. Here, here, check it out. Uh, I like gravy. <laughs> that was a better Austin Powers. No,
0: I mean I just you doing your. Who impression. put me in the bushes?
1: <laughs> like that's a better Austin Powers.
0: Is that a is that a quote, or did you just think uh, to the say? The
1: Statue of
3: Liberty is made of lintels. Okay?
1: That's also a better Austin Powers. How, than how are you
0: getting the subject matter for your your impersonations? Where are these sentences coming from?
1: put these biscuits in my unders
0: see yeah what are you are you reading these from somewhere because i want this book
1: <laughs> it's actually called who put these biscuits in my unders oh, okay. and other funny quotes <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: you God. i gotta get i'm gonna get on amazon right now and order this book Uh, Also, also Sean Connery died in 2020, I looked it up. All right, come on, we gotta do this. Let's do it. Let's get to Final Girl.
1: All right, let's spin that wheel. We'll find out what happens. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Up first, uh, (laughs) Poppy Creed.
2: Oh, all right,
1: Poppy. It's back-breaking work, working down in this mine. I think I have the black lung, I start to whine. (laughs) But then I hear a sound coming from the shaft down there. But I hate this job, so I don't explore, because I just don't care.
0: (laughs) You survive. Uh, Nice. You
1: survive by hating your job (laughs) and and not caring.
0: (laughs) Antipathy keeps you alive yet another round.
1: (laughs) Up next, we have Miss Willow Widowmaker. Designer drugs have taken over in my humble town. The friend I love is taking them and acting like a clown. It looks like fun, I guess. Maybe I should have a try. Instead, I stay in my room and have a good cry. Oh, what a sad way to live. You survive. High cost to staying alive. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't get to have the fun. You don't always get to YOLO,
0: Alex. That's true. You don't. You should YOLO more because YOLO.
1: Up next, Hayden Carpenter. I really need some money to help out my mom. She works two jobs just to help us along. A strip club is hiring dancers, and I hear the money's good. But I'm not that kind of girl, so I mow lawns in my neighborhood. You, you survive, You All right. And doing a little that, service. Yeah, that's a new one, too. Yeah. Being a stripper will get you killed. You can't be a stripper.
0: Oh, well, it's un- it's unsavory. It's unsavory behavior in the eyes of our killer.
1: I think they're doing God's work, and I appreciate almost every stripper I think I, in contact with.
0: I agree. Me it's, as well.
1: Especially that one who was like, you want to lap dance? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, I want you to rub those cigarette-wrinkled lips all over me.
0: Well, I mean... Everybody's got to make a living, man. And everybody's got their own kink. Maybe cigarette wrinkled lips. That's their thing. <laughs> you never know.
1: Uh, all right. Next up, Brendan McWhoopin Pussy the Third. Uh-oh. Okay, Brendan. Hey, girl, you and me should make love sometime, whispers Blake in my ear while I practice mime. It does sound quite tempting, so I mime. Yes, let's do it after we're done a killer rips my heart out to chew it gross Uh, oh well you're dead and you only and you have that rhyme to blame you know she's just hanging out with her boy toy practicing her mime. she's probably doing that thing where she's stuck in a box Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and And it
1: was probably adorable when she mimed like yes let's do it yeah sex absolutely I bet she had, like, a little beret on one of those striped uh, turtlenecks and was like, ooh. Oh, uh, no. Know, like make my it, makeup. It.
0: It's going to get everywhere.
1: Yeah.
0: Going to get Ugh. everywhere. Just black, well, black and white <laughs> clothes laying all over the ground. Stripes. Uh, it, looks, it looks like the Hamburglar was killed by a Jedi.
1: Yep. That's what happened. Sorry, so, Miss, Mrs. Brendan. McWhooping Pussy Third. Uh... We hope you lived a good life. But thank, we're sorry, you're dead. But please come back.
0: Please, and thank you for playing, and uh, and come back again next time, and come up with a name just as good as that one, because that was amazing.
1: Yes, we'll take another epic, and epically long name. Yeah. And uh, when Alex and I come back, we're gonna get into some of the nitty gritty nastiness, some of the gross kills and gore. Uh, and the rest of the story for 1988's Dead Heat. So stick around. We'll be right here.
0: Plus, I want to talk about all the fish tanks.
1: Oh, that scene. <laughs> no, there's a, the, thousand, well, yes. there's a thousand fish uh, tanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fish tanks. I thought you were referring to that scene in that, what, is it like a butcher's shop or a yeah. deli where all the Oh, we're getting to that.
0: that. We're getting learned. to that Let's for sure. That.
2: folks my name is Clyde Cleaver not a real life killer no joke I kill folks and I kills them just for funsies on behalf of Alex and Micah the Slasher brothers we'd like to thank you for listening to the show each episode of Slasher I hardly know her is artisanally crafted by hand in small batches for your listening pleasure Devoted listeners like you are the reason why Alex and Micah get up every day. You're why they get out of bed every morning and put their pants on. So whether you listen to Slasher, I hardly know her, for their expert opinions or just for shits and giggles, we thank you for supporting the show. And now that I'm thinking about it, I probably shouldn't have shared my real name, what with me being a killer and all. So just forget that you ever heard my name, or else I'll be coming to see you real soon to kill you. Now back to the show.
1: Hey, welcome back to the show. We hope that you'll please support those sponsors you just heard from. Uh, that's how we get paid. That's how we make those big bucks. is those those very real and not made up sponsors. So please uh, buy that thing or go to that place that they were advertising.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, we have no idea what commercial is so that's why you're being so ambiguous. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. I mean, like this is a. Uh, it's you got to shop local, right? I mean, you wanna mm-hmm. you got to shop local. You got to slash local that's what we're promoting here that's why we have these sponsors you're not gonna hear a lot of national some yeah sure you'll hear some national brands like blood drink obviously that's you know you can get that anywhere right now but uh, but these are businesses that start local at least
1: last night as I slept I had a dream that I worked for Saturday Night Live I was like a you know little intern nobody and just like helping do stuff and moving things around but then like I started writing sketches and pitching ideas, and occasionally they'd have me in a sketch, but not any of the speaking parts. Just, you know, how they have like a person sitting in a crowd in the background. That's what I was doing. And then I sit down in the Saturday Night Live cafeteria, which I don't know if there really is one, but we're in the Saturday Night Live cafeteria. Uh, I'm sitting there with uh, Colin Jost who you might know is uh, one of the hosts, along with Michael Che, of Weekend Update of oh, Saturday Night Live.
0: Yeah, please don't explain any of the dream as you're explaining me my dream. Just go right through. Just power through.
1: <laughs> and he and I are eating some sort of pasta salad, and we were trying to remember what it's called, and I was like, is it farro? Farro? Uh, no, is it ricotta? We're like, no, that's not it. And then Colin Jost and I sat there and stared in the space for the longest time, and finally I was like, risotto! It's risotto. And, uh, and then there were these uh, like backwoods hillbillies up there, and I knew that they wanted to kill me. Uh-huh. And then the lights shut off in the cafeteria. I'm like, this is it. They're trying to do the hit. So I scrambled, and I ran for the wall where the switches were and turned the lights back on, and I didn't get killed.
0: Oh, well, that's good. That's good. That's all I remember. I tell you what, uh, <clears throat> that's that put it on my headstone after I die. I'll make sure my wife knows, too, and you can support her that uh, you can say you know here lies alex flippin he fucking loved to listen to people's dreams <laughs> uh it's gotta be my biggest fucking pet peeve in the world is when somebody goes wh- any story that starts with i had this dream last night i immediately uh, want to <laughs> throw myself down a hole
1: there's an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where somebody's telling Dennis about a dream. He's like, I, I don't really want to hear about it. Uh, dreams are like photos. If I'm not in any of them and nobody's having sex, then I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, no, it's, it's exactly right, man. I mean, any story that starts with, listen to this dream I had. It's like, oh, no, just just fucking punch me in the face and just talk to my dead body. <laughs> I, I, I just fucking hate it so much. I just cannot stand it. Uh, there's, I mean nobody's dream is interesting to anybody but them and I recognize this so I never tell people about my dreams. like I it doesn't matter how bananas off the wall my dream is the most you'll ever get out of me about a dream is I might go hey you were in my dream last night
1: that's it I bet your dreams are disgusting
0: they're depraved much like this movie that we watched many oh, yeah, there's a movie. depraved characters in this movie that's a pretty bad segue.
3: Uh, really,
1: uh, just
0: the rich guys at the end who are reanimating people, uh, those those were the bad guys. But let's talk about the fucking fish tanks. There's a yes, fucking the fish, fish tank in, I'd, I'd say, 80% of the scenes in this movie contain a fish tank. Yes, that's probably an over-exaggeration.
1: But- okay, so usually for horror movies, you do kill counts, but we're going to do a fish tank count. Uh, there was the one in the girl who you had the crush on, her apartment. I d- <laughs> uh, the coroner has one in her office. Her fish are frozen?
0: It, uh, I wasn't clear. That fish tank appeared to have ice in it. I mean, like it was iced over on the outside like a window would be in like, a Christmas movie. It looked like that. Um, yes. There's the gigantic fish tank that, uh, that Joe Piscopo gets, I guess, murdered in?
1: He is upside down. He's stiff as a board, but somehow staying upright in this fish tank that is maybe as tall as a a foot and a half or two feet. Uh, But somehow he's just staying there upside down.
0: Yeah, and again, not like crumpled into it like a dead body would be. He's comically, completely (laughs) erect, head to toe. He's just this straight line of a human upside down <laughs> in this fish tank. I mean, nobody in the room knew who it was, one, because you don't see his yeah. face, and two, was like, what are we looking at? Like, I don't know. Is this the death? Is he dead? I mean, was he... I
1: didn't see that coming. I didn't think Joe Piscopo was going anywhere.
0: No, I didn't either. It takes him a while to come back, too. Like, I thought, like, they... You know, like Treat Williams dies, and they're like, fucking get him in the thing that reanimates you immediately. Joe Piscopo dies, and they all know this technology exists, and they're all like, man, I hate to see him go. And that was it. <laughs> you know, like there wasn't any like a rush to the reanimation chamber for it, for Joe Piscopo. He was just dead. They do get him out of the fish tank, but that's about it.
1: Speaking of the reanimation, uh, whatever machine, uh, how quick and handy was the coroner, Rebecca, at figuring out what the machine was, how it works, and how to turn it on and use it?
0: I mean, within moments, they're like, uh, well, what what you have here is clearly a reanimation machine that no one you know, has ever had in their life. This is not technology that exists. Put this guy on it. Let me give it a whirl. And boom, Treat Williams is alive.
1: Yeah, I mean, lightning fast—you mm-hmm. figured that out. And Joe- okay, but did did I did I derail your fish tank counting? What were we up to? Coroner's office, the one Joe Piscopo's in. Uh, I'm not gonna
0: it? I'm not gonna remember every fish tank, but also like when she's in the bathroom of that apartment with the the blonde before she starts falling apart and melting. Her bathroom has a fish tank built into the wall. It's like a little. <laughs> it's like it looks like a portal on a on a. Uh, like a ship but it's full of fish i mean there's so many fucking fish tanks in this i mean this almost was a fish propaganda movie
1: we still have a pretty weird scene to talk about which is the scene in the what was that a deli or a butcher shop
0: gotta be a butcher shop there's no way we cannot not talk we
1: have to talk about that the scene uh that happens in the deli or butcher shop whatever that is where things start coming to life all sorts of things yeah i think all sorts of (laughs) animals and things uh and before we get to that, we're going to take a quick word from our sponsors. Uh, but Alex, have I forgotten anything?
0: Yeah. Yeah. As as per use, you've forgotten to do the next round of Final Girl.
1: Okay, folks, it's fine time. Oh, God. Okay, folks, it's time for round three of Final Girl. As you may recall, in rounds one and two, we lost. Two lovely young ladies, Serena Luna and Brendan McWhoopin' Pussy the third <laughs> <laughs> They are dead as doornails now. Uh, let's see, one of them had their face crushed. Uh, what happened to the other one? I can't remember now.
0: Uh, one of them had their face crushed. That was the first one. Uh, one of them. That's it. That's all I got. That's so, all I got. I can't I remember.
1: remember. Uh, so we've got. Three contestants left. Let's see what finds out. What what happens?
3: God. Shut up. Shut up. Can't fucking <laughs>
1: uh, Hold on, uh, let me do my exercises. The tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips. The tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips. Unique New York. Unique New York. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. Okay.
0: Don't, don't feel bad, man. I just looked at a picture online. That uh, just looking at it, I assumed it was a. Uh, A Comic-Con, because all the people Uh in costumes. And then I kind of looked at it a little closer. (laughs) It's just just a picture of a bunch of action figures that a guy has on his table. Wow. I thought it was was a Comic-Con. There's a lot of stormtroopers and some superheroes.
1: Alex and I are losing touch, drifting off into the great unknown. The moment it happened, right now. Floating up into the clouds. Yeah, all right. Our feet are no longer on the ground. They never were. Okay, let's find out what happens in round three of Final Girl. Mm-hmm. First, we spin the Wheel of Death.
0: <laughs> what an auspicious ending.
1: Let's see. Who's up first? Poppy Creed. Hey, Poppy might make it. Let's see, Poppy. Naughty little teens doing naughty little things. Like smoking drugs and drinking and wearing lip rings. But no sir, not me, I'm a good girl. I head to the library to read about the world. You survive. You
0: survive, And got a little smarter.
1: People wearing lip rings, for shame.
0: I mean, for come shame. on, you know you're
1: gonna get killed. Miss Hayden Carpenter. Smoking pot is the devil, says the preacher at my church. It will only hurt you and your soul. it will besmirch. But I've heard it's a hoot from all my friends at school, but I trust my preacher and I follow his role. Mm. You survived.
0: Well well played, really? Well played.
1: Which means that our final contestant for this round is Miss Willow Widowmaker.
0: Yay. All right. Uh, well, not yay. <laughs> so, sorry for you.
1: He's rooting for you, not for what's about to happen. We got you. We love you, Willow. Let's see what happens to you. There's a new dance that's taking my high school by storm. I think they call it twerking. It looks like sex when they perform. I mean, what could it hurt? Besides, they do it with their clothes on. So I drop low and shake my butt with my bestie, Sean. We're having fun and laughing as we shake our butts. That's when a masked man enters and both of our throats he cuts. damn.
0: You are screwed. Don't twerk. You are screwed. I mean, you know, you gotta know, right? You gotta look at what you're about to do, think on it, and then say, is this gonna get me killed? And twerking, I mean, we're adding it to the list.
1: It's pretty sexy. (laughs) Yeah twerking is pretty sexy pretty 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 sexy (laughs) if i was a deformed killer wearing a mask and i saw that going on i'd be like
2: i don't know if they're fucking but it's enough (laughs) and then i'd kill them
0: all yeah i mean you have to really you'd be be remiss if you did
1: not I'm not a killer, but I I get, you know, murdering mad when I see the kids twerk. It all started with that uh, Miley Cyrus, Mm. that Yahoo getting on stage, sticking her tongue out, shaking her little tush. What was she doing
0: with that tush of hers?
1: You know, today it's twerking. Tomorrow, that's when the horrors move in. Uh... (laughs) Doing their little boogie-woogie dances and shaking
0: their bottoms. (laughs) Took me a second to register exactly what you said. Oh, man. This show has gone off the rails, dude.
1: That's when the horrors come, Alex. (laughs) And then it's hell in a handbasket from there. Uh,
0: So we do want to talk about that butcher shop. Uh, It is something else. I mean, if you haven't seen this movie and you know that we're talking about things being reanimated and coming back to life, and now we're talking about a butcher shop, including a piece of liver that does not <laughs> like Treat Williams's face. You know that this next scene that we're going to discuss as we wrap up this movie is without a doubt not one to be missed, so stick with us. We'll be right back. <laughs>
3: My name is Albert Fern, (laughs) but everybody just calls me people. I've been blowing around this weird little town of Oz for quite some time now. And there's one thing I know that everyone loves. To fuck dead people. Hold still silent copulation. Just like I have it with my wife. And she's still alive. (laughs) I also know most of you get embarrassed when you get caught, which is why I've recruited dozens of old gals living right here in my nursing home all over the age of 85 and guaranteed to be as cold and lifeless as the corpses you crave. They're all alive, but you'll never know the difference. Peepaws, Mimas, give us a call. Cause I know you want them, dead, but alive.
1: Hey, I know I'm the host, but Alex, would you like to do the honors and bring us back from the brick? No. Cool. Hey, welcome back everybody. Uh, We are talking about 1988's Dead Heat. I am your host, Micah Slasher, and I am here with uh, my very special guest, Alex Slasher. We are the Slasher Brothers, talking about... 1988's Dead Heat, and we are about to get into one of the wackiest, most banana scenes in the movies, which takes place in, uh, I can't remember if it's a deli or a butcher shop or maybe both, uh, where uh, (laughs) there's this big guy who, was he in Big Trouble in Little China? Oh,
0: I think so. I think he's been in, like, a lot of things from that era.
1: Professor Tanaka uh, is is what it says his real name is, and he plays the butcher.
0: Uh, Oh, I thought you were talking about the big guy with the meat Weaver.
1: Yeah, that guy. Oh. No, no, I'm saying that if you look him up on the internet, then the cast of this movie, it says that's his name. His name, name, not his character, Professor Tanaka.
0: The actor's name is Professor?
1: This is what the internet says.
0: Oh. I did not know that. Okay.
1: All right. Cool. I'm taking a closer look at Professor Tanaka. All right. right, He's an American enhance, professional wrestler.
3: Enhance. Enhance. <laughs>
1: uh, he was born Charles J. Kalani Jr.
3: Okay. That... born
1: in 1930. Died in 2000. Oh. He was an uh, American professional wrestler, professional boxer, uh, college football player, and a soldier in the United States Army.
0: So I don't remember why they go to the but- butcher shop the guy that owns it is somehow involved in the reanimation process. Yeah. And once he <laughs> once they show their hand and let you know what it is that uh that they're there for, he then shoots some sort of thing or turns something on to where this ridiculously large uh oriental looking lamp hanging from the ceiling um,
1: yeah, he doesn't do that. The guy he works for comes out, Mr. Thule. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, he turns on Yeah, that's, on this, yeah, that's this who this I'm talking about.
0: And turns on this contraption that shoots lightning bolts out and uh, lots of electricity and basically reanimates all of the dead animal corpses that are in the butcher shop, which includes geese and ducks and their heads and their life, like, like, bodiless heads. Um Some uh, fish. Some fish. A lot uh, of ducks. A pig, I believe. And then, I don't know what the giant thing is that comes I'm out. I'm guessing cow, right? I'm guessing cow. It has no head. It has no feet. It's been completely skinned. It's just uh, it's just like a meat corpse. Yeah, and, uh, I assume
1: it was hanging up in the meat locker in the freezer and it reanimated. Quickly thawed out.
0: It did thaw. It was moving well. It was moving well. Um, uh, A I guess what can only be described as a piece of liver, a liver, uh, attacks treat Williams's face and sticks to it like a, you know, alien sucker. Uh, and I mean, that
1: uh, liver put up a fight. I mean, they're fighting pigs and ducks and a a cow, but that liver, Mm -hmm. I mean, he had his hands full with that thing.
0: What I did not understand about this scene is that, well, lots of scenes, but, uh, some things responded well to shooting them with a bullet. Some things it did no good at all. It was like shooting a you know, bag of sand. It did nothing. Uh, but these particular animals in the butcher shop, they were easily dispatched with bullets. Now, I don't remember if uh, Joe Piscopo was dead at this point, uh, but they do eventually reanimate Joe Piscopo, but it's not the good guys that reanimate him. It's the bad guys that reanimate.
1: Yeah, and that was later. I don't think Joe Piscopo is not a zombie yet when we're Uh, in the Chinese butcher shop. It's towards the end. It's towards the very end of the movie, I think, when they reanimate Doug or Joe Piscopo's character.
0: Yeah. Once they do reanimate him, though, they explain that since he's been dead for so long, he's now not Joe Piscopo anymore. He's susceptible to whatever they say and so they're like hey Joe Pispo you've been reanimated go ahead and kill your partner but within which you think will be a thing but within what 15 seconds his partner's convinced him <laughs> that he's like hey no it's me your partner remember that and Joe Pisco's just like yeah let's be buddy cops again and then uh, here's then,
1: what i love about that scene uh well one uh <sighs> They say Joe Piscopo's been, he was brain dead for too long, so he won't be him anymore. That's right. Like you said, just totally open to suggestion. But the memory that Treat Williams character, uh, Roger, (laughs) Roger Mortis, he doesn't bring up some memory from way back when they were young. It's from earlier in the movie. It's from earlier in the movie. (laughs) Mulberry lipstick. Uh, It really brings out your eyes. Yeah. And that's have happened in the
0: last 12 (laughs) hours, literally in the last 12 (laughs) hours, because we know he was only going to survive 12 hours. So he just brings up things that happened earlier in that day. And it does. It does to his credit, get Joe Pisco back to being a buddy cop. And they then pull out Uzis and start slaughtering everything.
1: Everybody, they, they just murder the Illuminati. They kill all these old rich people. Uh Yeah. I can't Vin- remember. Does Vincent Price get killed or does he get away? Vincent Turns Price. Turns out Vincent Price is like running the thingy. Wasn't yeah. it his brainchild?
0: It was his, yeah, it was his brainchild. And really the ultimate goal here wasn't to reanimate a bunch of corpses. It was to allow all these super rich people to live forever. They were going to use yep. this to live forever. And... You know they don't all get killed. Some of them do, but a lot of them run off. Vincent Price. I, I I don't remember exactly what happens to him. I mean, he gets it. Uh oh wait, don't they? Yeah, I remember what they do. Don't they twice reanimate him, and then he explodes on the machine?
1: I think that was the doctor from the coroner's office with the the license plate. The guy, the dad from Oh uh, yeah, Christmas Story. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They they twice reanimate him because he's also part of this. Uh, yeah this conspiracy thing that's going on This conspiratorial bringing back of you know I can't corpses. remember
1: if he got shot or if he just got exploded when they blew the place up or, or what uh,
0: maybe I don't know what, so what' you think about the ending? I mean, don't you need as a, a 1988 movie goer don't you need in the end for them to figure out a way to become alive again, but that's not what happens.
1: That's what I assumed was going to happen. I thought we were going to have a much happier Hollywood ending in that they were going to figure out how to permanently, you know, have themselves Mm -hmm. reanimated Doug and Roger and Randy. Well, Randy's gone, uh, but maybe Claire, the the coroner, but no, man, they say, fuck it. Let's destroy this thing. uh, Presumably so nobody else can use it because they're good guys And then they walk off into the distance and they're both going to be dead within hours.
0: Yeah, they actually walk into white light, having their same buddy cop, you know, conversations that they had 12 hours ago when they were normal people.
1: Oh, okay. So are we to assume they died right then? I
0: don't know that we are to assume they died right that moment, but that is what happens. They walk into a white light. And that's kind of how they fade out of the the movie itself, and then you hear their conversation saying,
1: "Hey, you know, buddy cop this, buddy cop that,
0: yeah, buddy cop." And uh, it
1: wasn't it was not the ending I expected, media. but I liked it a lot more. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an even more badass ending, and it made those characters seem immortal. I, I love those characters for all the dumb one liners and. I mean, it was uh, it was a great chummy relationship that reminded me of the owner of Death Spa mm-hmm. and his buddy in that loud colorful blazer and they mm-hmm. love each other in
0: the pool just dunking each other and having a blast. <laughs> I love
1: seeing bro love on ah, screen.
0: Bro love is such a beautiful thing. So if you had to do it which you do cuz I'm asking you, how many um uh, alarmingly fast melting falling apart uh, blonde who was in fraser corpses (laughs) would you give this movie
1: uh her name is randy in the movie uh how how many disgustingly dissolving randy's Uh would i give it let's see man i really liked this one it's up there um i think i'm gonna give it uh, you know I think I'm probably going to give it uh, – shit, I'm really, really teeter-tottering between a 7 and an 8. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, i got to give 8, 9, and 10 to, to the you know the ones that are in the canon of Absolutely. the greatest of all time. Absolutely. Uh, so I think I'm going to go with a 7 out of 10. Okay. Uh, dissolving randy faces for this one – yeah, eight uh, seven out of ten dissolving randies.
0: I will give this uh, on the consideration of one out of ten, alarmingly quick dissolving, falling apart, blonde actresses from Frasier. I will give this a six, and it's the solidest of six. I mean, like I I will say I can't. I just I don't know if it's horror, but if you're a horror fan, you you probably would love this movie. particularly if you're an 80s horror fan. And if you're an 80s horror fan who's also an 80s action fan, uh, I think that this is up in a notch for you. I give it a solid six, but I give it that six, not in any kind of derogatory manner. I'd watch this movie again.
1: Yep, it was good. I mean, it had everything. It had gunfights, zombies, crazy monsters coming to life, Mm -hmm. Uh, two dudes doing the buddy cop thing. It had the classic uh captain yelling at the guys do you know how much damage you did (laughs) (laughs) yeah he yells at him for a
0: while and he's like but you did some good so i'm gonna let this one slide like he's real quick to be like but it's all cool what are you into? into into what are you into what's all this screaming about so what are you into
1: micah uh got a new book i'm loving so far it's beautiful it's a comic It is, okay, you know Jim Henson, right?
0: I am familiar.
1: The Muppets and uh, all those fantasy movies and and Sesame Street. Anyway, he's had his hand in everything that was weird and creative and cool. Wasn't Fraggle Rock his baby too?
0: I wouldn't say it was his baby, but yes, Jim Henson did Fraggle Rock.
1: Uh, He had a script that he was working on with his bud uh, that was going to be a movie. Mm-hmm. And it's the only script I think that they know of that Jim Henson ever wrote that didn't get produced. Uh, so posthumously, the these artists came along and made it into a comic. And man, it's beautiful. It's a really cool, odd story. I wish Henson had been able to make the movie. Maybe somebody will do it someday. Ah, oh, uh, s-
0: I'd read that hands down. I'm a huge Jim Henson guy. I thought you were going to tell me you are reading his uh, biography. And his biography... I mean, legitimately, unashamedly brought me to tears. No shit? Oh, absolutely. It's huge. I mean, it is huge, and it is a great read. It's amazing. Takes him from you know the start of his life until the end of his life. It's really good.
1: All right, Dark Crystal or Labyrinth? Which kind of kid were you?
0: Oh, Labyrinth, hands down. Although in second grade, yeah. my girlfriend looked a lot like uh, the girl puppet from Dark Crystal.
1: Really? That sounds adorable. Yeah, she's
0: cute. Uh she was cute. But I mean, you know, she was also some kind of, you know, creature alien thing from another being. So take that for what it's worth. <laughs>
1: uh you yeah, what else are you into, Alex? That's all I got.
0: Uh I am currently finishing Slash of the Titans. I had started Slash of the Titans quite some time ago, years ago, and never got through it. I don't know what stopped me, but basically it's the it takes you through every working script that was ever made, uh, for Freddy versus Jason. And so this guy wrote the book, he got every one of those scripts and he basically every chapter explains what would have happened in this movie of Freddy versus Jason that was never made. And it's pretty interesting because it spans like 10, 15 years and uh the names some of the names on these scripts you're like holy crap they wrote a treatment for freddie versus jason and it's really good it's really interesting unfortunately i'm old and the uh, typeface in it is very small i don't know why they made that choice uh, so it's a little tough for me to read sometimes but it is a really good book so you wanna you wanna get to this last round of final girl
1: why am I rubbing my hands together? And I because saying, you're synchronicity.
0: Because you're excited about this next round of Final Girl.
1: Yeah. Oh wait. Do we want to do crunchiest kill first? Uh, let's save it. Let's
0: save it. We'll do it for the end Whoa. and then make a few. This announcements. is the
1: first time we've ever done crunchiest kill post round yeah. four you of Final know, Girl. You want to know? what the best kill is? You're gonna have to stick around. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. Quit thinking about getting up. Mm. You don't need to go to work. Stay in your car. Yeah. We don't. Stay need to on work. that treadmill. Stay on the toilet a little longer and listen to us. Yeah, Your family doesn't need you.
0: That's the new tagline, actually, that I'm putting on stickers for the show right now. Stay on the toilet (laughs) a little longer and listen to us.
1: Okay. That creepy music is playing. That means it's time for another round of Final Girl. Mm. The final round of Final Girl. It's all been building up to this. Final Girl final. In rounds one, two, and three... We witnessed the demise of Serena Luna, Brendan McWhoopin' the Third, and Miss Willow Widowmaker. Ugh. Some good names. I, I, you know, I hate to see these people with such great names die.
0: I do too, but, you know, that's what they get for picking such a good name, I guess.
1: Bonus points for creativity, by the way, listeners. If you're on and you're trying to do the Final Girl Challenge, come throw your best name at us. Mm-hmm. No pressure. Yeah. Just give us your best. Okay, rest. let's spin that wheel of death. Oh,
0: sh- Do you think uh, our show is called Finale Girl in Italy?
1: Ah, uh, that's a great question. Yeah. Ah, huh. uh, welcome. Uh, wait, no, I'm not going to do that. That's I can't. I don't know what's an Italian accent. A finale girl.
3: <laughs> yeah. I just.
1: My only touchstone for an Italian accent is Mario. It's me, Mario! <laughs> <laughs> Which is undoubtedly a racist way to do it, right? Probably, probably. That's an Italian-American anyway. Uh, okay, Hayden Carpenter, you're up first. Hot dogs and s'mores around the campfire. My dad and I are camping in flannel attire. I turned down an invitation to an all-night rave. Because I'm a daddy's girl, and I always behave. You survive. Good job, Hayden. Well you made done. it.
0: Well done. This does not bode well for my Poppy.
1: Oh, Poppy. Let's find out what happens. We're with you, Poppy. We're right here with you.
0: We're here. We're holding your hand until the killer comes, and we're running.
1: Then we're going to run. Yeah, we're going to ditch you. Uh, Poppy, it was a dark and stormy night in the town of Cedar Hollow. Bruce asked me, honey, do you spit or swallow? Gross, I said, you're disgusting. I shall not suck your dick. But I gave you my jacket when you were cold. I thought you were my chick. Okay, fine, pull down your pants. It's just I'm a little shy. This will be the first time I gave oral sex a try. And while I did my first BJ, I heard a sound outside. By midnight, the killer, a tux he fashioned from my hide.
0: Oh, <laughs> and you are dead. Now, that was a good so one. Dead. That was a good one.
1: Oh, my God. The show must go on. You are gone. Hayden. Uh, no, so Poppy. Poppy's dead. Poppy's dead as a damn doornail. Yeah. And our survivor is Miss Hayden Carpenter. Hayden, your fight is not yet over. Nope, if there's a you little more wish to do. To claim your prize, all you have to do is this. Get on the Slasher I Hardly Know her Instagram. Send us a direct message that says, Hey guys, I was this week's final girl. Send me my mystery prize and we will get that out to you. So yeah, get on Instagram, direct messages and we'll get that prize out to you. And thanks everybody for playing those of you who survived those many of you who died. I did good.
0: We, and we appreciate you playing. what we would love for you to do uh, is tell your friends about our show Send them a link to our show. Just, you know, when you go before you hit play or if you like an episode after you're done, hit that little share button and share it with a friend who might also enjoy our show. That's, I think, how we're going to grow this audience. We have a nice audience right now. We certainly have some devoted fans, um, but uh, it would be just amazing. Shows like this. I mean, where did you find your last podcast that you were into? probably some guy at work told you about it or one of your friends told you about it. So I think that's how we're going to grow. Um, you want to do crunchiest kill?
1: Let's do it. Ah! Crunchiest kill. I actually have a really tough decision to make, uh, because there are two kills that I absolutely love in this movie. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's the fish tank with Joe in it and, uh, the melting Randy. Um, Man, I think I gotta give it to Randy. Yeah. Joe Piscopo is awesome because one, it's ridiculous. It's Two, so it was a shock because I didn't think he was gonna die. Agreed. Uh, but Randy, I mean, as far as just how it looks and the effects, that that's a great death right there. Uh, Long, dramatic, disgusting. Yeah, it's it's, it's fantastic. It looks Her face looks so it's, fucked up.
0: I mean, like, I watched it again this afternoon, you know, as we were recording the podcast. I watched that scene in particular. And It's so good, it looks like it would have to be CG. And you know it's not CG. It's 1988. It's not CG. It looks phenomenal. Like, I mean, even the worst, some of the worst horror movies in the world uh, will have good effects in them. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. you're not talking about getting big-name directors and big-name actors necessarily. But your effects guy you know, that might just be some freak who's been living in his parents' basement putting all these effects together and, you know, like you can have real talent that is undiscovered in these movies or would be discovered by these movies. I don't know who did, who did the special effects in this, but they look fucking great and that scene in particular looks amazing.
1: It does look amazing. I wish I knew how they did that. I don't know if it's something to do with like adhesives and then sending some kind of hot liquid onto it, like boiling water through a a channel and that melts the adhesives and it all falls apart because there is like smoke or steam coming out. I don't know if that was just added for effect or if they had to have that because that's what causes the face to melt and fall apart. But it it looked fantastic. Yeah,
0: it looked phenomenal. I'm going to give it to something that you will probably... Uh, hoot at but uh, I'm going to give it to what I feel was actually the crunchiest of the kills and that's right off the bat the, ba- the bank robber who gets slammed in between the cars when Treat Williams jumps in that other cop's car and they can't get him uh, to die by shooting him so he just slams his car into him I think it was a good kill I think it was definitely by definition the crunchiest kill of this uh movie. So, I'm glad we picked different ones cuz you and you you definitely picked the top notch kill. I mean, if I wasn't picking this one, I would have picked that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. just I'm just trying to find out the name of the guy who did the effects for Dead Heat because I hate that that's not in the top credits, especially with these monsters that rely I mean, these movies that rely so heavily on special and uh, practical effects because that should be up there with your director and the guy who did the the score and the actors.
0: um. Yeah. It's also though, it is tough to uh, find out what actor did what, or or what effects guy did what in a film like this, because, you know, you're looking at effects teams. So it's Mm -hmm. tough to tell, you know, some people did this and some people did that. I mean, obviously it's easy on a, you know, Rick Baker thing or a a Tom Savini thing to know that, Oh, sure. A Tom Savini joint, but uh, something like this, I don't know. I mean, I I haven't looked it up, but I mean, whoever it is, I'm sure they went on to do great things because what we saw in this movie effects wise, I mean like even from when we're talking about that monster guy that had the three faces, the first reanimation we see that looked fucking great. You know, I mean, Uh I don't know that it made sense. I don't know why he had three faces, but uh, it looks great. I mean, the practical effects in this movie are top notch, uh, if you're a horror fan, you will appreciate that about this movie, if nothing else. It was really good. For sure. Good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a still of Randy's melted face uh, that's on Bloody Disgusting, and it looks fantastic. Also, uh, a little note about this movie. It was written by Terry Black, who's the older brother to uh, uh, Shane Black, the guy that wrote Lethal Weapon. Oh, wow.
0: Uh, a buddy cop movie
1: yeah yeah okay special effects makeup artist for the movie was steven johnson who also did night of the demons and blade 2 Huh.
0: blade 2 i bet the effects were you know top notch in that as well though i'm not a huge blade guy but uh
1: yeah all right good for him so good job steven johnson you do excellent gore effects
0: all (laughs) right micah so you ready to figure out what we're watching for the next one do you want to put any more guesses in
1: okay well my guess was going to be friday the 13th um Surely you wouldn't do Killer Clowns from Outer Space.
0: It is one of my favorites.
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Child's Play. All right, the movie that we
0: are watching for the next episode of Slasher I hardly know her, and that was determined yesterday before you ever gave a list of movies made in 1988 is <laughs> Sleepaway Camp Two.
1: Oh God damn it you know what I just did you know when you're uh, like in college or high school or whatever and you're taking a test and yeah. it's like you it's down to two options yeah. uh, sleep away camp was my gut and then last second I was like child's play
0: well uh, yeah I mean to your credit though right off the bat you did guess it I mean, like you did right off the bat say, oh, I bet it's Child's Play or Sleepaway Camp 2. And Sleepaway Camp 2 was your your first guess, I think. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's pretty good. I mean, I, I think you know me pretty well. Uh, so, Thanks. Thank you for
1: softening the blow.
0: If you liked or loved or hated or whatever uh, Sleepaway Camp Part 1, uh, I can tell you right now that will have absolutely no bearing on whether you like (laughs) Sleepaway Camp Part 2. This is one I've Uh, seen. I've seen it many times. Um, It has... Well, then it
1: must be good if you've seen it many times. I mean, I love Part 1, but uh, full disclosure, I've never seen Sleepaway Camp 2.
0: I absolutely remember that. I mean, I remember that box sitting on the show. I can tell you it it was a blockbuster video. I can tell you the gas station video store uh, that I went to you know, looking for, or I can, I remember exactly where, uh, I was when I saw that for the first time. And I remember, uh, passing it up time and time again for other titles that I wanted to watch that weekend. And finally it was like, I got to get this. I mean, it's gotta be great, right? It's a camp. It, the, mm-hmm. the, the, chick in the in the picture has a hockey mask and a Freddy glove. This is going yeah. to be phenomenal. Is it phenomenal? I guess we'll see.
1: Oh, we'll find out. All right. So, if you're a constant listener of this show, you have your homework go out and watch Sleepaway Camp 2. I think we've done it, Alex. Have we covered everything?
0: I think everything that can be covered has been covered, and anything that we didn't cover, well, you can just go out there and watch the movie yourself so that you have the joy that was Dead Heat.
1: Definitely worth watching. Mm-hmm. Dead Heat is a winner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thumbs up. Yeah. Thumbs well, up. Alex, it's that time of the show where we play that bittersweet music. We've come a long way. Uh, we've held hands, all of us together, you listeners. We, the host, Alex, our very special guest. And uh, I love doing this with you, man. And I love just sitting down and shooting the shit with my friend about stuff we, we like watching
0: I know me too I wish some of you out there whose hands I got to hold in this would take uh, that medicine for sweaty hands uh, there are a lot of swampy palms out there but uh, palms. sweat Sweaty palms but that's alright that's okay though uh, I, I'm glad to have done this with you Micah I love you love you brother all right, well, this has been another episode of Slasher I Hardly Know. Right, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. We have a Facebook page uh, if you want to follow us there. But more than anything, yep. while we love. Give us that five star rating. Give us the five star rating. Give us the thumbs up. Uh, please subscribe. But more than anything, please tell your friends about us. Let, let them know that these two assholes talk about horror movies and you like it, and they might like it too.
1: We'll all be assholes together. <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, new T-shirt idea. All right. <laughs> you were two years old in 1988,
1: right? Well, that was the year my my younger brother was born.
0: Oh, right. During right. During a snowstorm. And you guys, but you guys are only separated
1: by a year, right? No. Oh, okay. Well, Alex, I am forty wonderful. I'm forty wonderful. <laughs>